We're already running late. We don't want to eat into the lunch hour. They'll run out of sandwiches. So good morning, everybody. My name is Ben Graham, and I work in the Asian Development Bank. I'd like to thank the organizers uh, and the hosts, uh, especially ANU and the Development Policy Center for, for hosting us. This session is on small island states, and we have four uh, distinguished speakers who will give us uh, 10 minutes, key, key, key emphasis on 10. Um, we have today presentations on Kiribati, Tonga, Nauru, and Tuvalu combined, and then ending with, uh, with Samoa. And if the speaker from Samoa, Numea, is here, uh, if she can take uh, the seat at the front. Our first speaker will talk about the economy in Kiribati, and uh, Mr. Tevao Avarika, who serves as the secretary in the office of the president. He's also served in uh, other capacities as secretary of labor and in various other uh, ministries across the government. Um, so without further ado, he'll be speaking, not presenting, and uh, let's welcome him to the stage. Thank you. Thank you, uh, Ben. Um, I've negotiated my time. I'm only going to speak for five minutes. <laughs> so a lot of people want um, more, but I want less. Um, my apologies, I don't have any presentation to show you, but I do have um, some points I would like to convey to you as the economy goes. I thank the organizers for inviting Kirbis, and um, here goes. Um, the, the figures that uh, I'll be talking on will be referring to the um, 2011 figures for Kiribati from the Kiribati National Statistics. So we have this, and I'll be talking on the real GDP. So just for the sake of um, those who uh, like numbers, because I will not spend time on numbers. I will go right into what we do in order to address improving on the numbers. So for the numbers, uh, 2008 is, is uh, 2.8. 2009, it's a negative growth of uh, 0 0.7. 2010 is a negative uh, 0 0.5, 2011 negative 3.3. Uh, government keeps an eye on um, sectors, and the sectors we've um, we've, we've uh, put the, you know the various uh, groupings into uh, include the private sector, of course, the non-financial uh, non public sector, um, the financial sector the government, of course, and then we have the private non-profit uh, institutions. Taxes on production, subsidies on production. It's a very, um, I think there's a fancy name that the statistics have put in there. Uh, it's subsidies for non-operating um, um, SOEs. And so those are the things that maybe I've uh, alluded to is gonna be, I'm gonna be discussing. Um, in trying to uh, ensure that we uh, improve um, economic growth, um, what we're doing is uh, we, in collaboration with our government partners, uh, OSAID um, and others, um, we have a KEEP project. And what we're doing is we're trying to, it's uh, lots of money coming in. So it also uh, gives a, almost a false um, um, heartbeat of what's happening in the economy because there's a lot of money being in, you know, injected in the country through that project. But it's a very um, useful project, is to uh, improve um, the, um, uh, the English um, um, language for the people, 
that we require, and that's what's happening. Um, also, the um, we have the GIVET program that's, um, that um, our city is involved in as well. And that, that also is uh, improving, uh, it's going to be improving our ability to integrate into international markets and also enhance what we already have in the Millennium Training Center and, and our seafarers. So we are also doing that. Um, we're doing the, um, we're also improving our the SOE performances. Um, for those who are following our parliament, we have the, uh, the recently uh, adopted um, SOE Act and putting more uh, responsibility to the, uh, to the directors. Uh, as it is, I'm one of a director, and I think I'm opting out of the, this is adopted in the next city. And uh, it, it's um, making sure that they, um, they respond or they answer to the decisions that they make. And this is, if you look at our budget and our spendings, and I'm sure most of you know more of our budget than I do, um, uh, you will see that we spent, um, I think for the past um, five or so years, we've spent close to 20 million going into the, um, um, you know, trying to uh, rescue the state-owned enterprises. So we need to have in place. And again, with the assistance of a lot of our donor partners, we've uh, put together this bill. And uh, it's being, uh, it's going to be, it's start, we're starting to implement it. A lot of ministries are starting to do that. And by that, um, a lot of times, a lot of the, um, the um, political leaders, um, of course, are politically minded. They would rather to have their friends on the on the board instead of those who are able to ensure that the state-owned enterprises um, function as they're supposed to. So now that's changing, um, and I hope that um, we'll see the results of that, the outcome of that um, in the near future. The um, privatization, we're already you know almost in line hand in hand with that. Um, there are those uh, uh, SOEs that. Um, that have um, what we call it, they um, died a natural death. And so, uh, you know, we've um, liquidated them and sold them. And, um, you know, others are, you know, coming in. But then there are those, um, those uh, uh, sectors that uh, cannot be easily um, replaced or be um, supplied by the private sector. To respond to that, uh, we're trying to invite a lot of, uh, invite uh, foreign investors I once was on the um, Foreign Investment Commission, and it's very difficult to try and convince um, different-minded secretaries to come up with one solution, and that is to make it just open, where anybody from abroad can just come and, and you know, take charge instead of what's happening. Our shipping um, sector is failing. Uh, we don't have, we used, to, we played around with the, uh, the uh, international airlines. Um, now they're all gone. Um, you know, twice I said, I said play it around because we did it twice. And, uh, you know, they, they didn't succeed. Maybe we're, we, we don't know what we're doing in that area. We need, to, we need experts from abroad to come in and do it. And hopefully transfer that knowledge to us so that we can, um, get, we can get the benefits out of operating those. Um, the introduction of the VAT. Um, we believe that a system is so perfect where you know, we get the receipts from the, um, from the um, business, uh, businessmen, and that's exactly what, what they had paid for in order to get their goods in. We soon learned that that's not the real world. The real world is um, you get tricked left and right. So we are hoping that um, with, the, um, with the VAT, 
we'll be able to um, um, get the taxes that were um, supposed to be um, collected by government. And um, it's going to be a new, um, that's going to be a new system, a new, be, a new thing in Kiribati. So we don't know how it's going to go. But again, we're getting assistance with that, and uh, we're looking forward to implementing that. The increase in self-reliance. We talk about food security, and um, you know it was a topic of another discussion just um, you know before I come up here. Have I used my five minutes? Uh, you have three minutes. I have three minutes left. Okay, I'll talk very quickly. So I, I didn't need to um, give away my time. Okay, food security, um, self-reliance. We import. <coughs> almost, I think, uh, 70 or 80% of what we use in, in the country, if not more. We need to turn into our own food items. Rice, we've studied. Um, those exporters or, you know, the, um, the suppliers, they're, they're starting to limit the amount of rice. So we realize we need to go back to our food crops. And that's going to be a very difficult transition to do. Um, I've already spoken about foreign investment. Um, we need to improve our international um, um, air travel. And I say that because um, we have uh, seafarers that um, have to go off. And the, the, the remittances they send back uh, make, make up a substantial amount of our budget, our revenue. So we need to improve on that one. Uh, tourism, we've been talking about it for a very long time. Nothing has happened. But we're still talking about it. Uh, climate change. Um, <laughs> Maybe there's a potential there for people. And maybe we can put a label that says, um, come now or never come. It's gone. <laughs> so, sorry. <laughs> Good. Uh, uh, climate change, um, proofing. We believe in that. Uh, we need to make sure that um, with the, you know, the, um, the issues of climate change, we, we, want, we want to make sure that any uh, major projects, just like the... Um, the uh, road rehabilitation project that's ongoing, that the, its climates are approved, well, to the best that we can. So, and so that adds costs. That's why I have to put it in there. That's it, that's cost to our budget. 30 seconds. And then, of course, fishing. Uh, we want to make sure that we get our reasonable returns on, our, on those who want to come and fish in our waters. Thank you very much. Thank you. Our next speaker is the uh, serves as the governor of the Reserve Bank of Tonga, where she's been in this uh, in this position for about a decade, and prior to that, serving as uh, deputy governor, among other roles she's played. And she'll be presenting an update on the economy of Tonga. Please uh, welcome Siosi Mafi, Joyce Mafi. Thank you. Thank you um, once again for the invitation and the opportunity to provide you with an update on the Tongan economy. <clears throat> Prior to 2006, Tongan economy grew at an average rate of 2%. In 2003, the main export squash industry collapsed. In 2006, we had a civil riot, and then 2008, we had TFC. <coughs> the rebuild from the civil riot raised economic growth to a firm average of 3.2% over the years, over the three years to 2011. At the completion of this rebuild and reconstruction, as you can see, the economic growth uh, fell to about 
0.8% last year and is expected to grow at a similar rate this year. To show you some of the um, economic indicators for Tonga, uh, agricultural exports is showing um, improvement in last past couple of years, uh, which is good. We want to uh, promote and encourage um, agriculture, tourism, and fisheries uh, as the main source of economic growth. And this trend is encouraging. The recent agreement in quarantine arrangements between Tonga and New Zealand and Australia are expected to support this uh, sector uh, in the years to come. In terms of uh, travel receipts, uh, highlighting here that the term travel receipt uh, has continued to increase, uh, but this chart is signifying the uh, use of foreign cards. So these receipts comes from not just tourist uh, arrivals or tourists, but also from uh, Tongans who are living overseas, coming home to, uh, to visit us. The famous remittances receipt, uh, from the banking sector data, it has shown a continuous decline, even though it's good to see that it's bottoming out and showing a slight um, upward tick. Um, We've been trying to look into this uh, source of foreign exchange and uh, income support for the Tongan economy. And we know that many of the Tongans are not only using the banking sy system, but they're using the growing foreign exchange uh, dealers uh, services. So that little gray tick uh, at the, um, up there is showing that the actual uh, uh, remittances receipt is higher than what's the, the banking uh, sector is showing. The only thing is we don't know what it was uh, in the previous years to make uh, uh, some sensible comparison. But at least there's still remittances coming to support um, the Tongan families. Foreign reserves, very high and has been supported by uh, foreign development partners' support. Remittances and official development assistance have propped up the Tongan economy for many years. And they have contributed to a re relatively high standard of living for the Tongan people. However, it hasn't really shown up in the GDP figures, and again, raises the questions of figures, measurements, and what's really important um, to uh, our lives or quality of life. With all those previous uh, inflows, um, that has built up the banking sector liquidity to very high levels and has contributed to some fall in the lending rates um, in the kingdom. However, as you can see, private sector banking, private sector credit growth is still negative. When, again, digging into these important um, uh, indicators for the economic situation of the country, when we account for non-bank uh, credit growth, private sector household lending has been growing at an average of 5% per annum since the beginning of 2011. This is because there are other microfinance uh, lenders operating and some of the retirement funds are also starting to lend out of their own funds. 
Um, so these are also, uh, especially the retirement fund issue, is an issue for, for us to, uh, to look into. Uh, inflation has been um, actually, uh, as everybody <coughs> referred to, a positive uh, impact from the global uh, financial economic uh, situation. Uh, inflation in Tonga has been moderating and latest uh, figure recorded a decline of 0.1% over the year to May. The second chart is um, highlighting the um, close relationship uh, between the inflation in Tonga and global oil um, movement. So like many of the other small island countries, uh, inflation rates back home are fairly um, affected by, really affected by the uh, movements of uh, world oil and food prices. Earlier on, I referred to the uh, reconstruction and the rebuild of the economy after 2006. The government did a lot of borrowing, foreign borrowing to uh, rebuild the country to a point that it's elevated the level of uh, public debt um, um, to a situation where they cannot provide much more stimulus, uh, fiscal stimulus to assist the economic uh, development or growth uh, of the economy. So that's the situation, outlook from a central bank's perspective. Reserves, foreign reserves will remain at very high level, comfortable level, but again, we need to be very careful once the repayment of the overseas loans that starts this year. We have to be prudent, like Timor Leste managing their sovereign fund. Inflation, highly likely to rise up to something closer to 5%, um, again, subject to global um, economic uh, movements, especially through the impact through oil and food prices. GDP, as I mentioned um, earlier on, is uh, uh, going to grow about 0 0.5, 0 0.8 in 2013, this year. So that's the performance so far in the outlook. Um, what is obvious from this is that during the three years to 2011, growth has been underpinned by this capital formation and the rebuild after the riot in 2006. And with the completion of those uh, reconstruction, again, economic growth has shown slowing down. Um, there is still a lot of discussion back home now in terms of the trickle-down effect from the capital formation or that 3.2 average growth um, over the three years to 2011. Many local workers and local businesses are saying that they are not feeling this 3.2 economic growth recorded by the statistics. Um, also, as we saw, <coughs> capital formation is good and it can show up in the statistics, but we have a lot to do or to look into in terms of enhancing and improving domestic productivity. So we do have still got a lot of uh, work to do on structural and capacity um, rebuilding or improvement in Tonga, both in the public and the private sector. And so we're going to, to look into that. Um, 
we had a dialogue last year, and some of the uh, issues raised by the public sector is market access for their agricultural products, um, issues from uh, lack of technological uh, skilled um, uh, people, both in the public and the private sector, to um, continue to pursue these uh, reform programs that authorities have embarked on. So that's the story from, uh, from the Kingdom of Tonga. We still got a lot of work to do to uh, improve. But again, inclusive growth, and it's something personally to me, um, perhaps the average 2% growth prior to 2006 was better distributed, um, and people enjoyed a better living um, standard back then compared to the period of 3.2% growth, and they are complaining about it, they're not feeling this growth. Okay, thank you very much for the opportunity. Thank you, Joyce, for a very uh, informative presentation. Our next speaker is Seve Painu, and he'll be discussing uh, recent developments in Nauru and Tuvalu. Seve is an independent consultant, but has served in a number of uh, very important posts, including Secretary of Finance for both Tuvalu and Nauru. Uh, Seve. I have the uh, added challenge of uh, presenting uh, two countries uh, within uh, my 10-minute uh, slot. I thought uh, Matthew and uh, uh, Stephen would be kind enough uh, to give me a... Okay, thank you, uh, uh, Ben. <coughs> Although my uh, talk will be focusing mainly on uh, the two countries that I'm most familiar with, uh, Nauru and uh, Tuvalu, uh, a lot of the common challenges uh, in these two countries are uh, very much uh, relevant uh, to other smaller states, uh, as we have heard, uh, like in Kiribati and some other smaller uh, states. Um, typically, these microstates uh, have very small uh, populations. Uh, for Nauru, it used to be more than 10,000 um, when it had the mining industry uh, booming, uh, but uh, it uh, repatriated uh, most of its uh, foreign workers uh, in the mid-2000, uh, and so now stabilizing uh, at 10,000, and the same with uh, uh, Tuvalu. Uh, these economies have very uh, low uh, economic uh, growth, uh, economic output. Uh, uh, over the years, uh, Tuvalu has uh, reached about uh, up to 50 uh, million. Uh, uh, worth of uh, economic uh, uh, output uh, and uh, similarly for Nauru, although as uh, many of you know, uh, Nauru used to be the most uh, wealthiest uh, state uh, in, in the region uh, when it was uh, uh, had a very booming uh, phosphate uh, export industry. Um, just looking at uh, the ADB uh, 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 figures, uh, we can tell that uh, these economies uh, have very volatile 
uh, economic uh, uh, growth rates uh, uh, year on year. Um, the effects of the global financial crisis uh, still uh, impacted uh, these economies uh, even after 2008, uh, as we can see uh, both uh, incurring negative uh, uh, rates of uh, uh, growth uh, in 2009 and 2010 and, and, and slowly recovering uh, from 2011 onwards. Um, Nauru uh, had the, was severely uh, impacted uh, uh, more than Tuvalu, uh, mainly because of uh, its uh, uh, phosphate uh, industry uh, at the time was uh, struggling to uh, produce the uh, am amount of uh, tonnage for exports uh, for various uh, uh, internal uh, factors. Um, and for 2012 and onwards, uh, estimates have been uh, forecasted uh, that uh, for Nauru in particular, uh, because of the uh, uh, uptake in the phosphate uh, uh, mining uh, industry, uh, it would uh, uh, have a, a, a significantly higher uh, rates of uh, uh, growth. Uh, although in the latest uh, economic uh, forecasts that the ADB have just uh, announced, uh, launched uh, this morning, um, they have revised uh, downward uh, Nauru's uh, forecast uh, growth for 2013 and 2014 to 4.5% uh, uh, and 6% respectively, uh, rather than uh, the early estimates of 8%, um, mainly because of uh, the delays associated with uh, uh, fully rolling out the uh, regional processing center for the asylum uh, seekers uh, uh, in Nauru, uh, and also uh, due to some reduction in the phosphate uh, exports, because uh, some of the machinery is being used uh, in this uh, uh, refugee uh, center. Um, these uh, economies are typically uh, 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 consisting of uh, very large public sectors uh, for Tuvalu. Uh, for instance, 80% uh, of uh, GDP uh, constitutes the public sector with very small uh, uh, private sector. A <coughs> um, fairly limited uh, uh, narrow economic uh, resource base, uh, apart from Nauru that has had uh, this uh, natural uh, resource, uh, phosphate, uh, uh, there isn't uh, much else uh, yeah, for Tuvalu. Uh, the main sources of uh, income, uh, fisheries, uh, licenses, uh, trust fund, earnings, and then, of course, uh, foreign aid. And as we have heard uh, from Kiribati, uh, to some extent, uh, the um, uh, remittances uh, from uh, seafarers and some seasonal worker, uh, workers in New Zealand. Uh, both countries uh, use the Australian dollar. It has pros and cons. Uh, the pros that uh, uh, this... Uh, no need to manage the supply of money and interest rates, uh, but then it limits uh, the ability of uh, the government to uh, uh, manage the uh, macroeconomic uh, uh, policy. So, what are some of the challenges, uh, key challenges? Um, as we have seen in the growth in the uh, the chart earlier, uh, growth has gradually returned uh, following the GFC. Uh, but uh, remains low. Uh, and if we have to uh, take out the, um, the asylum seeker uh, contribution to Nauru, uh, it would moderate it to a fairly low level. Um, the demand for seafarers, for instance, in Tuvalu remains uh, low, hasn't recovered. Uh, it used to be uh, 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 contributing quite a bit 
uh, to overall uh, economic activity uh, in the early 2000s, about 30%, and now is uh, hovering around uh, 8%. The strong Australian dollar keeps inflation under check, uh, but uh, it contributes to a widening uh, current account deficit. Um, also, the exchange rates uh, between the Australian dollar and the US also has uh, implications uh, for the income uh, that these countries uh, receive abroad, uh, especially the US-denominated income. And they are mainly in fishing uh, license fees, um, the dot .tv for Tuvalu, um, and a number of other uh, uh, factors. Um, Tuvalu has this uh, Tuvalu Trust Fund, uh, which provides a uh, financial income, uh, long-term uh, financial security uh, for the country. Uh, I'd like to take a minute or two to uh, talk about this uh, Tuvalu Trust Fund because uh, it is quite unique in the sense that it was established uh, under international agreement uh, with uh, three other uh, development partners, uh, its traditional donors, uh, uh, Britain, uh, Australia and uh, New Zealand. Uh, where they agreed with Tuvalu at the time in the uh, mid-80s, uh, soon after Tuvalu became independent, um, that there wasn't any financial uh, security mm -hmm. for Tuvalu. There was no economic outlook uh, prospect uh, for Tuvalu, and therefore they agreed with Tuvalu at the time to set up um, an uh, investment fund using their own uh, bilateral assistance, uh, so each of these three partners uh, contributed about $8 million each uh, back in 1987 to set up uh, with Tuvalu Contribution uh, an initial uh, fund that was also managed by a board of directors uh, rep representing these uh, four uh, partner countries. Uh, and it had a, a very uh, stringent uh, management uh, structure uh, where uh, the rule uh, is that Tuvalu cannot draw down from uh, the return from the fund uh, only uh, the, the, after it has been maintained for inflation uh, uh, increases. Um, so, for instance, uh, in the years uh, following the GFC, um, and, or prior to that, uh, the fund has been performing fairly uh, well. Uh, uh, the market value uh, exceeding the maintained value uh, adjusted uh, for inflation uh, level. Uh, but following the GFC, that for the four years uh, since the GFC, uh, there was no return because uh, the maintained value was above uh, the market value. Um, but there was another innovation that uh, Tuvalu uh, came up with. Uh, in the years that uh, it had uh, uh, profits, um, it was able to create another sub-account within the main account of the trust fund and uh, plow in all those uh, earnings. Uh, and, and able to, to grow uh, with the main capital of the fund. Uh, so in the years that uh, uh, the fund wasn't uh, making any distribution, uh, the government was still able to draw from that other uh, B account. Now, so given all these challenges, what are some of the, the policy uh, options and uh, instruments uh, that the government uh, uh, could, uh, uh, the two governments could uh, 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 rely on? Uh, first and foremost is, uh, of course, uh, maintenance of uh, macroeconomic uh, stability. Um, and given the fact that uh, both countries use uh, the Australian dollar, that renders uh, uh, monetary policy really non-existent, effectively. 
Um, so fiscal policy becomes the main uh, policy instrument uh, by which uh, uh, these economies can uh, uh, maintain the macroeconomic uh, uh, growth uh, uh, parameters. Uh, what uh, 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 Tuvalu and uh, uh, Nauru have been uh, doing these uh, recent uh, years uh, is to uh, have a uh, balanced uh, budget. Uh, effectively, uh, they cannot uh, uh, borrow uh, to, to uh, finance any budget deficits. Uh, so that limits their, uh, uh, their ability uh, to, uh, uh, in that regard. Uh, Tuvalu recently has been able to uh, run uh, core budget deficits, uh, but uh, because of the the trust fund buffer account, uh, it was able to to finance uh, those deficits. Unlike in the case of uh, Nauru, uh, it had to ensure that uh, uh, it is uh, it puts out and, and implements a balanced budget approach uh, year in year out. Um, in terms of uh, uh, public sector uh, performance, uh, there have been a number of uh, reforms uh, undertaken uh, both by these uh, uh, <coughs> countries, uh, especially in terms of um, uh, the, uh, private, uh, the private enterprises, the SOEs. Uh, a number of these uh, SOEs, uh, as uh, we've heard in a number of presentations, uh, uh, not performing and uh, there have been reforms to uh, make them more efficient uh, uh, and, and increase their uh, productivity. Um, in the case of Nauru, uh, there have been a number of uh, 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 public sector uh, reform programs uh, uh, in terms of the procurement, the government procurement uh, that has been outsourced uh, to um, uh, uh, independent uh, uh, entity uh, also, public uh, financial management uh, reform uh, following the, um, the PEFA uh, analysis, the public expenditure uh, and accountability uh, assessment that was carried out in 2010 that identified a number of uh, uh, financial management uh, improvements uh, and, and the government has been working through uh, those public sector uh, reform. In terms of private sector growth, um, um, both countries are undertaking taxation reform. Tuvalu have increased their VAT from 4% to 7% um, and strengthening their uh, tax compliance. Uh, Nauru doesn't have a tax, uh, income tax uh, or business tax, uh, but they have been looking at the uh, uh, um, possibility of uh, uh, introducing a comprehensive taxation uh, reform. Um, in the case of Nauru, uh, the availability of financial uh, services and credit uh, has been limited. Uh, there is no bank uh, uh, in Nauru since uh, the collapse of uh, uh, its economy in the early 2000. Um, but uh, there are measures uh, afoot now uh, to uh, uh, bring in a um, private uh, uh, banking uh, operator. Uh, very quickly on the last two points. Um, Tuvalu and Nauru uh, have uh, uh, taken uh, initiatives to, uh, uh, to be able to maximize uh, opportunities uh, for their uh, sovereign uh, status. Um, uh, for the case of Tuvalu, um, 
it had uh, the top TV, uh, which was uh, um, uh, leased out to um, international uh, company to run, and Tuval was able to, to get uh, a return from that. Um, and uh, more recently, uh, uh, engaging with uh, uh, on a diplomatic level uh, together both uh, Tuvalu and Nauru uh, with uh, some of the uh, uh, the Russian uh, blocks and in, in return uh, Nauru was able to get a lot of uh, uh, money uh, from that and and finally in terms of uh, uh, labor migration and seasonal worker scheme uh, that is something that uh, uh, would certainly uh, contribute to these economies uh, uh, performance thank you Thank you, Seve. And from uh, Nauru and Tuvalu, we move on to the, uh, the last presentation, which will be uh, an update on the economy of Samoa. And presenting that will be Numea Simi, who serves as the Assistant CEO in the Ministry of Finance, uh, where she's been for a number of years. Prior to that, in other roles, Ministry of Foreign Affairs uh, and other initiatives in Samoa, as well as across the region. She also serves uh, on the Pacific Plan Review Team, uh, uh, which is undertaking its work on uh, that very important initiative. So, yeah. Um, thank you, facilitator. Uh, when I was invited to present this update uh, for Samoa, I thought I would concentrate my presentation on updating and providing the information that's probably required by this esteemed uh, academic institution. But I would like to also make a spill on behalf of my country in that all information to do with the economy, on government's policies, uh, on our respective government websites. So if you cannot find it on the individual uh, websites, make sure that you can log in to mof.gov.ws. But going back to the intent of this presentation, um, as you've heard this morning on the presentation from the Asian Development Bank, as well as a presentation provided by Mr. Hughes, I think we can see that pre-2009, Samoa was um, looked at or seen as one of the better performing economies in the Pacific with an average growth rate of 4.3% annually between 1998 and 2008. And the growth sectors were mainly in commerce, transport, and communication that were driven by tourism and remittances. And in such stark contrast is agriculture, which had shown a dip from 19% to 10% of GDP. Now, the country's vulnerability to economic shocks and natural disasters has never been more evident than in 2009 and in the following three years. And following the peak of the food, fuel, and financial crisis, uh, we were visited with the 2009 tsunami. And again, in a three-year space of time, Cyclone Evan, uh, came to Samoa, 
But this is good planning because we are already beginning to look at a planning cycle of three years to see how we can uh, measure our resilience to the natural disasters that come our way. And over that period, GDP had dropped by over 5%. Now, over 2008 to 2012, economic activity was already demonstrating a slowing down. And between 2009 and 2012, growth averaged 1.2% in the services, construction, and public sector, or the growth was mainly evident in those sectors. And this came about as a result of government embarking on the debt-financed investment uh, to act as a stimulus package. It is predicted that growth this year in 2013 will be lower than forecasted as a result of Cyclone Eva. And we're estimating a 0.9% growth compared to the forecast of 2%. Increased activities related to reconstruction may lead to an increase in 2014. But we are also very much aware that growth rates pre-2009 will be unlikely as they were driven by one-off factors, such as our hosting in 2007 of the Sub-Civic Games, and at the time when tourism was showing signs of uh, switching destinations from difficulties in Fiji and also in Bali. Now, we're positive in that direction in that we're hosting the third SIDS conference in 2014. So it'll be an interesting time for us to see whether this will have an impact on growth uh, in the coming year. In terms of inflation, this rose briefly after cy the cyclone event due to cyclone-related agricultural losses that has since subsided with declining food prices. And it was calculated at only 1.2% as at end of March. The real effective exchange rate depreciated due to this low inflation. And although foreign reserves declined in 2012, these have since recovered to 5.3 months of imports by the end of May 2013. We know that the current account deficit will expand sharply. Exports and tourism will remain flat over the next three years due to damage to productive capacity. The current account deficit is expected to be sustainable in the medium term because it will be covered by the government account that's often financed by official transfers from our development partners. And in this regard also, we extend our sincere appreciation and gratitude to all our bilateral and our multilateral uh, partners that we work with. And such assistance is also exemplified by the IMF Rapid Credit Facility, which will ease the pressure on the balance of payments this year. Some of the challenges post-cyclone that we are having to grapple with is to be able to secure sufficient resources for, for the recovery while minimizing the debt burden, which is already, has already tracked beyond our threshold 
of 40% of GDP. So the government is looking at reprioritizing expenditure and looking at the possibility of redeploying program funding to exploit the synergies with reconstruction. We're also, as much as possible, seeking grant financing. And we, have, we are pleased to say that we have been able to do this with the help of the development partners that we work with. And we also need to look at improving our debt management, especially in the implementation of our revised medium-term debt strategy. So beyond recovery, what are we looking at? Certainly our intention is to look at raising growth. We need to improve our competitiveness by adjusting our exchange rate. We need to continue with structural reforms in areas of macroeconomic importance, such as our state-owned enterprises, and continuing with a program of uh, gradual privatization. Looking at the issue of how we use our customer <coughs> land for development purposes, we have already, with the help of the ADB, uh, started to establish the institutional framework for taking forward this work. We need to look at an improved business climate and continuing on our public finance manager reforms. Now, the key targets for us are to be able to build our resilience and strengthen public expenditure management in that direction also specifically to look at lowering fiscal deficits and reducing our debt levels. Now, finally, I'd like to say that the strategy for the development of Samoa for the period 2012 to 2016 has maintained its long-term vision of improving the quality of life for all. And we continue to place emphasis on growth-oriented development. However, uh, we need to look at the inclusiveness of this process. Because we have found out that despite the growth patterns over the last years, we are continuing to see rising inequality. And I think the discussions this morning, particularly the issues offered by Tony Hughes, are very important to us in trying to address these areas. We're looking at a program of what would constitute proposed strategies under this new national development framework. And we're especially interested in seeing how we can actually target the vulnerable. Um, I had heard this morning from Professor Chan about his stunting growth uh, studies. Perhaps in our case, it would be more expensive growth. So it'll be interesting, it would be interesting to find out more on how you could use those to target uh, vulnerable groups. And there's a huge uh, attempt to look at how we can effectively reinvest in agriculture. Now, we, like other Pacific countries, have a problem that we need to address, and that is the rising youth unemployment. We are also too aware that the private sector is unable to generate the employment creation that most of our countries need. 
particularly when we have student populations of around 4,000 that leave school at the end of every year. We do not know where they will end up. So next year in 2014, when we host the SIDS conference in Samoa, we're looking at a program jointly with the UN system to look at how we can create employment opportunities for young people during this time when we host the international community in Samoa. Thank you, Mr. Chair. <coughs> Thank you to all the presenters. Uh, presenters uh, talked about some common challenges uh, as well as some unique ones to their respective countries. We, we're running a little bit late, so let's get a first round of questions. We'll do the questions and answer for, say, 15 minutes, then we'll break for lunch. So if we can get a few questions uh, posed, and then we'll, we'll get some answers, and then maybe one second round after that. So um, let's start off with the, with the left over here. I had a question really for everybody on the panel, which was about, I noticed that remittances were in decline across uh, all of the states, uh, and that's been talked about as linked to the global financial crisis and uh, the, the downturn in employment in countries where people might be working and sending money home. But my question is whether or not people have, uh, are optimistic about the prospects of remittances uh, returning to pre-GFC levels, and also, you know, because it's always been an ongoing debate about whether or not businesses are sustainable, you know, is there a sense that over time families are less likely to send money home to their family members as they, you know, because a lot of remittances come from people who move permanently to uh, wealthier states? Okay, good question. Can we get a second one? Over here, one. Ron Duncan, uh, Corporate School. A uh, question for both, uh, I guess, Joyce and uh, interested, both Cora and Samar. It's about remittances and uh, the lack of development of the private sector. Um, yeah, it's clear that the remittances you know, are not being used to develop the, the private sector. And uh, yeah, I guess, my guess is that that's because the the, um, the, the business environment, the, the regulations and whatever in place just are not favourable to, to the development of small businesses. In particular, say, in, in Tonga, you know, there's a problem of women getting access to land because often you know, women are very important in the development of, 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 of small businesses. And I wonder if anything's been done to try to improve that business environment. Okay. Uh, any non-remittance questions? questions? Okay, Emma. So why don't we take those three questions, two on remittances and the last one, fisheries. Panelists? Maybe Tonga can start. Okay, thank you. Um, on the first um, issue in terms of uh, remittances returning to uh, pre-GFC level, 
Um, the Reserve Bank, we do not believe that it will go back up to those high levels. Um, having said that, um, we are looking at, uh, at ways to, to strengthen uh, the, the source of remittances, um, perhaps more from the unskilled side of things to more of the, the skilled uh, labor going uh, overseas and, and working and sending um, money back. So that's um, uh, one way of, of uh, looking into how to strengthen uh, source uh, of income from remittances, uh, but we do not believe it will return to those um, uh, high levels pre-TFC. Um, in terms of the use of remittances uh, and um, uh, women access to land um, and what has been done uh, is, is more or less a, a, a question for, for, for the government, but I know that they have uh, done a lot to improve um, business um, environment um, in Tonga. I think ADB has done a lot of work, uh, uh, World Bank, in terms of uh, um, making it easier for, for people to set up uh, businesses um, uh, in Tonga. In terms of women, access to land, um, you know, we, we used to be able to do things uh, before with the current land system. So, um, we, I personally am not so sure whether this is um, uh, the issue that is um, um, uh, stopping people from uh, uh, being entrepreneurship. I think there was just too much reliance on uh, remittances. Um, so this is uh, uh, an eye-opener. Um, again, with the uh, squash, um, you know, um, industries collapse, nothing else was there. Um, to provide an alternative. And that's the main issue that we pursued through our dialogue, is what is it that we can do to replace that direct transmission through remittances uh, that we used to enjoy. So we were all looking at agriculture, uh, tourism, and, and, um, uh, and fisheries as the main source of income support. So that's the issue, employment and income. Without employment and um, income, um, there's, a, there's a lot of uh, uh, constraints there in terms of uh, economic um, activity. Thank you. Anybody else want to touch on either the remittance issue or the second question on fisheries? Yeah, uh, and then um, Nomea will also speak. Um, I think I speak for uh, Kiribati and Tuvalu in terms of the remittances. Uh, unlike Tonga and, and Samoa, uh, which is they have a, a broader um, uh, uh, diaspora living all over um, uh, the globe. Uh, for Kiribati and Tuvalu, um, we are mainly sending our seafarers, and, and that's the main source of um, uh, the remittance. Um, Whether it will return to pre-GFC level? Uh, I don't think so. Um, the ship owners are now um, drawing their... Um, uh, seamen mainly from the the, the, the cheaper um, sending nations, uh, especially the Asian uh, market, uh, they are now targeting rather than uh, uh, for those uh, of us in the Pacific. Um, in terms of the use of the private remittance, uh, although it's much on a smaller magnitude as opposed to Tonga and, 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 and Samoa, um, 
it's channeled through an informal um, um, system process, uh, but uh, making a lot of uh, um, useful contribution to the lives of uh, the ordinary people uh, on the islands, and uh, that can be evidenced uh, uh, easily by uh, the level of uh, uh, housing and facilities uh, within the families that have um, seafarers uh, in their families, um, and also in terms of uh, uh, providing uh, education uh, opportunities for their uh, children uh, to be sent abroad uh, beyond uh, Tuvalu. Um, so families are now able to uh, pay for uh, the education of their, uh, their kids. Um, Emma's question on um, fisheries uh, licensing revenue, uh, which in the case of Kiribati and uh, the smaller countries, uh, Tuvalu and Nauru, uh, you are definitely uh, correct uh, in the sense that um, uh, these represent uh, a, a sizable um, portion of uh, our uh, economic uh, activities. Um, in Tuvalu's case, uh, they've now recently, uh, the government uh, agreed to um, have a representative from the Ministry of Finance uh, as part of uh, the, um, their national uh, negotiating team uh, with the distant uh, water fishing nations uh, when it comes to negotiating uh, the terms and conditions of those uh, fisheries uh, access uh, agreements. Um, so there is now that interaction between uh, finance and, 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 and fisheries. Um, the two years that I was in Nauru, um, I tried uh, uh, to uh, put the, uh, the case, uh, the proposal uh, on the table. Uh, I think there's still some challenges there. Um, uh, I agree that uh, uh, fisheries officials tend to uh, make that as their uh, own uh, uh, piece uh, take that uh, they hardly um, uh, involve other key central uh, agencies. Uh, but I think there are some uh, uh, already progress in some, some uh, cases. Let me just add <coughs> the, uh, for the Kiribati um, um, government, what they're doing is that uh, we have the fisheries uh, ministry um, representing government for the negotiations, but the preparatory work is done by government and is approved by government before they, they do the negotiations. Mayor, do you have any comments to add on either topic? Okay. Um, I only have a brief comment to make in that um, as long as the conditions in the host countries are fine, then people will continue. Issue 
why we don't have the same <coughs> uh, resources like what they can because of this industry. And the Ministry of Finance is very much involved in determining how the resources that we get from this treaty and conventions and Okay, so let's do one more round of, uh, say, three questions. And please keep your questions direct and uh, to the point. Uh, Joanne. Um, thank you. I'm from um, the Independent Evaluation Department at the ADB. Um, quite a few speakers have, talked, have spoken about inclusive growth. And I just wondered what that term means in these countries and what we might see different as a result of okay. inclusive growth. Okay. Is there a second question? Uh, just, um, both Tonga and, and some, sorry, device out from the World Bank. Both Tonga and Samoa have, have, have kind of been seen as the, the lead reformers in, in the Pacific and have achieved um, quite amazing pro progress in terms of uh, improvements in their business environment and, and to some extent macroeconomic management over the past 10 or 15 years. Um, but, but that progress is not directly translating so far into increased sustainable rates of growth. Um, to what extent do you think that the business environment is, is, is a major constraint to growth? Um, and, and where do you think that growth will, will come from in the future? So I guess that's both to, uh, to um, somewhere in the Okay, one more in the back, Tony. Yeah, thank you. Tony Hughes. Uh, would it make sense to think of uh, Tonga and Samoa as being partly in New Zealand and partly on Tonga and Samoa, in Tonga and Samoa? The, the, there's a big, uh, very large numbers of people in those countries so umbilically connected to what goes on at home. Have there been any thought of uh, any political implications of this, like having them vote in elections in Tonga and Samoa, that kind of thing? Because it's, a, it's enormously closely tied, but not perfectly tied at the moment. Okay, so let's, uh, let's stop there and have our panelists uh, respond to the inclusive growth, sustaining and growing the future and the tricky question of Tony. Uh. <laughs> okay, I'm going to go first. <laughs> on the question on inclusive growth, I think for many, um, over the last few years, <coughs> there have been recognition by a lot of the Pacific Island countries that the contributions of the different stakeholders to development is very and I had just left the meeting of the Pacific Island Countries and Development Partners yesterday. Um, and there was a huge push by civil society to be more involved in the development process. Now, these issues vary across uh, different Pacific countries. Uh, in the case of Samoa, we have recognized this, and we have always recognized this because all these different stakeholders form the backbone of the economy and the country, so we cannot afford to leave them out. And perhaps one measure that the government has taken with the help of its development partners was to establish facilities that would give that extra push to these different stakeholders to be able to make and realize the contributions that they can make to the development process, and as such, we established uh, what we call the civil society support program, mm -hmm. as well as a private sector support facility. And in terms of our parliamentarians, we've established also a parliamentary reform program. So these are some practical measures that were put in place.
to ensure that we do not just include them in terms of policy making and having them participate of the different organs of government, but also to give them concrete financial support in taking their role forward, roles forward. Huh? Um, and on Tony Hughes' question, uh, well, I wish I was the Prime Minister <laughs> to be able to say that, yes, we will let our uh, populations overseas vote. I'm sure that the dialogue will continue, uh, given the fact that there's probably more people out of the country yeah. than what we have in Samoa right now. Yeah. Any, any other responses from panelists? Um, thank you. Um, once again, this um, uh, issue of inclusive growth, um, I think we all have our own interpretation of what inclusive growth uh, is and, and to what extent can be debated. But for us, uh, it, it's all collective effort. It's everybody contributing to growth <coughs> and more so the distribution of the benefit of growth reaching to more the, the vulnerable um, uh, uh, groups uh, so that we don't have this issue of higher figures of growth and digging and more people go, going into poverty. Um, so the um, collective effort we have promoted for everybody to play a part in, in economic growth and also to play a part into uh, uh, distributing this uh, uh, benefit into the more vulnerable or the poor, poorer people. Um, political inclusion from um, Tongans overseas, uh, very good topic and uh, it's very uh, uh, popular during election time. You, you know Tonga has uh, uh, moved into this semi-democratic uh, uh, arrangement and that has come up. Um, so there, are, there is recognition of the contribution from these uh, uh, Tongans overseas into the, uh, into the economy and uh, social and, and everything else. Um, so I, I think it will become a more, it will become popular more and more uh, as we, we go into uh, the future. Future growth, Tobias? I think you know what <laughs> just as much because uh, you're from the World Bank and, and Tobias and the World Bank has been a key uh, driver into this popular uh, metrics for Tonga in terms of um, bringing in all the, the development partners to, uh, to look into um, what the needs are, or, or at least more into complementing each other in terms of supporting uh, growth. But from us at the, at the Reserve Bank, we, we believe, as, as reflected in our uh, dialogue last year, that we have to go back to the basics of uh, uh, agriculture, tourism, and uh, fisheries if not for export, food security, and um, just sustainable uh, provision of uh, uh, basic needs uh, that will help to reduce the number of people falling in more into the poverty, uh, poverty line. So um, that's um, contribution, thank you. Mm -hmm.
Okay, so it's uh, 12.30. Uh, if, uh, if that's it in terms of answers from the panelists, let's give them a round of applause. And, uh, uh, I have lunch is available outside now. Thank you. Thank you.